Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Camp Radio, a student-operated, non-commercial radio station. KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in at any time to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to The Medium, a podcast presented by Tommy Media that's all about what's happening in the art and entertainment world. On today's show, we talk about VR technology and development, VR usage for visual mediums, and catch up on the latest news and releases. Yes, sir! We're back with another episode of The Medium, presented by Tommy Media. If you could not tell by the opening sequence of this episode, there's a new guest, or it's a new host on the other side of the table, at least temporarily. Yes. It is the one, the only columnist at Tom Media, Logan Tiarazzo. Thank you, Song. Thank you, Song. And uh, to all the viewers, sup, sup. <laughs> it's good to have you. It's cool that you're uh, picking up the reins here and uh, just jumping into it. Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's truly a blessing to be able to work with you on this. Yeah. and. It's a good time. So let's uh, get to know you a little bit. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of info about yourself? How about uh, how about the classic uh, welcome to college questions? Uh, what's that like? Name, age, major, class. Oh yeah. Future sure. aspirations. What's your favorite haichu flavor? Oh yeah. Um. So first and foremost, the most important question to answer: my favorite haichu flavor is grape. Um, so Logan Sierrata, freshman at St. Thomas, uh, journalism major. I just yeah, journalism major. Mm-hmm. And I uh, what was the last question? Uh, I don't know what, what what hopes do you have for the future, Logan? Oh, I hope to be a part of uh, the journalism side of this esports industry that's soon gonna be booming. Yeah, that's an interesting field. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, and just uh, the prospects of that could be very interesting. Yeah. But for today, we are going to talk about VR. And some uh, of the listeners, if you've followed, that might catch a little off guard, given that it's an arts and entertainment podcast. But bear with us here. Yeah. Because consider VR and VR systems and where it's going, very, very uh, possible that at some point we'll be using that as our main source of entertainment uh, and also other things uh, considered, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can be done with the future of VR. Personally, my my friend got one for Christmas. I thought it was so amazing to use. Mm-hmm. We played it. It was the new um, Oculus Quest 2, I think. And I was surprised that his family even got it because it's just such a weird gift for a family to get as a whole. Mm-hmm. But once I started thinking about that, I was like, huh, there's probably more families that are getting these Oculuses, more families that are enjoying it. And mm-hmm. I guess that's how you slowly break into the mainstream market, I would think. Yeah. So for those of you who are not sure or don't know or just want to hear us repeat it, uh, VR is a simulator reality or a rendered representation that can be similar or even completely distant from the real world. The main idea here is that you to some degree immerse yourself within the world where you have more uh, freedom to look around. You can explore the world in a completely different way than in a 2D or even 3D uh, space. Uh, not to be confused with augmented reality or uh, AR, which is mostly just placing s- CG rendered images in the real world through either your phone or computer or a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said you, you tried this. 
What do you What do you think? I thought it was completely enjoyable, very immersive. But I it took a toll on me after a while. Mm-hmm. I'd played it for about an hour straight, you know, just messing around with it, looking at the menu, playing some games. Mm-hmm. And once I took it off, I my it was like my brain literally hurt but not like in a bad way it just seemed like it had been used for a while i was tired it was exhausted what do you you think that why do you think that is it's so do you think like when the vr is on you know you're not obviously in that world but i don't think your brain may know the difference Mm -hmm. so while it's trying to process this virtual reality it just it takes a toll on it yeah absolutely I can I can see that I can uh, I can really see that it's because it's kind of like a sensory overload feeling at times. Yeah. Uh, I've also tried uh, multiple VR experiences, uh, some ranging from video games to movies. But the coolest one I had that was really like it really got to me mm-hmm. was at this science museum in London, Ooh. and they had a neuroscience uh, exhibition. So I walk up to this guy, I go, "Hey, what's that?" He goes, "It's VR." <laughs> I was like, "All right, what are you showing on it?" Well, you get to experience what it's like to have dementia. Wow. And I went, "Okay." So I put the thing on, he gives me the headset, I sit in the chair, and I'm watching this thing, and like, it is just so weird, because you have this preconceived notion that like, no, 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 this won't get to me in the yeah. same way. And then you try it, and oh my god, I was so immersed in this world. Like, when the person started like, dipping out of reality, I was feeling the same way, I got kind of nauseous, and it's just very weird, uh, but it was very ex- effective, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so cool that there's just been a different use for mm-hmm. VR rather than what most of us think it is for, like video games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I've even seen that it's been used as an addiction treatment tool. And mm-hmm. uh, in this article I read, they were talking about how they could turn this virtual reality into a safe and protected environment for this person who's been addicted to drugs, and they can simulate a variety of settings, a variety, a variety of triggering moments, mm-hmm. so they can practice how to recover from that. Yeah. I think that's just great that VR is working its way into many different facets of life. Yeah, and it brings up uh, a, a valid point in the sense that you can see where multimedia production is going, for example. Yeah. And how it could be used for more than just uh, movies or, or shows and whatnot. Like we can use uh, video, multimedia production, and VR systems to, pr- like, like you're saying, we can make training options. For example, for like... Uh, social uh, uh like social services workers mm-hmm. or like people who might work with patients that might require a little bit more patience mm-hmm. uh and like it just exposes people to a setting before they necessarily need to be in it yeah and i think that's a great way to use this technology and to use the uh, knowledge we have around filmmaking into a sense mm-hmm. uh, so it's interesting to see where this possibly would go. But, Logan, in the uh, style of the medium, we wanted to focus on arts and entertainment. Mm-hmm. So uh, taking what I just said into account with uh, social workers, uh, med- uh, medical workers, mm-hmm. all that, we can see a massive increase in accessibility to uh, different forms of mediums by using VR. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, they're like they're selling courtside seats that you could see mm-hmm. through VR for the NBA. There's a, uh, that's just amazing. Yeah, and I'm thinking about it like this: like, imagine people with autoimmune diseases. Oh yeah. If COVID were to stay around, you know, 
we'd have to access movie theaters and regular theaters and games and whatnot in a whole different way. Uh, also, like, we have a pretty serious envi- <laughs> environmental crisis going on. Yeah. And if this continues to persist, uh, we might not even be here, but if we were to survive, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, without getting too dystopian, yeah, um, we might limit our access to the outside world like we might limit how much exposure we have to the outside world in how we travel and how we interact with each other mm-hmm. and that's where vr is so good yeah um so for example in japan they have multiple vr museums a couple of them in tokyo and then mm-hmm. some are just some systems that you can buy and download uh but this one museum that i was looking at they had a exhibit where you can sit in designated spots put on a pair of glasses and then you can enter this world where you can literally smell flowers. You can literally smell flowers. People wow. have reported that they smell. Now, call this placebo. Yeah. But it's pretty good if you can <laughs> smell the flowers. I mean, yeah. That's... Regardless if, if there's no flowers there. But So that's just one example of what we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, when I was scrolling through the Oculus page, I was looking through just, you know, more fa- facets of entertainment, things that you can do with VR. And Imagine Dragons is actually hosting a live VR concert on June 15th, 2021. And that's just the future of VR. We can see these live concerts, attend Mm -hmm. these live concerts, and hopefully they'd be at a cheaper price than they would be if you were actually going to see them in person. Because, I mean, you have to drop a significant amount of money to buy a system. But uh, I think we can circle back to that, too. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting with the Imagine Dragons concert because... I feel like I, it's an idea that's been played with a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Marshmallow did the Fortnite concert. Oh, yeah. Which attracted, like, millions of people. Granted, it wasn't VR, but we're talking about digitalizing... Uh, what's about, what am I gonna, What's the word I'm looking for here? We're uh, digitalizing real-life experiences. Yeah, and as somebody who went to this Marshmallow concert, and I also went to the <laughs> Travis Scott <laughs> Fortnite yeah. concert... It was really cool. Like, yep. it was surprisingly cool, very interactive. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you were just staying there with your playable character just looking at the concert. Like, there were things where you'd have to interact, you'd have to move around. Oh, and, really? And it was pretty cool. And I didn't I didn't uh, attend that. Not, it's not because I was like, uh, Fortnite, Fortnite, <laughs> but just uh, I didn't think that it would be the same experience. Like, maybe I'm just very stuck in, the old, uh, in an older way mm-hmm. uh, where I... Like, I think everyone enjoys a good concert. Yeah. Uh, and so I think anyone would be kind of skeptical to going to something like a Fortnite concert. Like, you get, like, there's a disconnect for me, no, man. I, I, get, I get what you mean. And funny enough, my friends and I actually reinstalled the game just to go see the concert. Mm. Yeah, that, that says something. Like, then, yeah. then you really wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Travis Scott and, and there's a marshmallow when I had to. Yeah. But I, I think it's so cool that we're doing all this weird stuff because couple of years ago they did the two-pack hologram yeah thing too like okay so are we going to start doing hologram concerts through vr that that is very true like imagine this famous artist just appears in your living room yeah right like <laughs> it's very uh <laughs> surreal it's a i don't know it's hard to talk about too without thinking about like is this the dystopian end <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this what orwell was uh, warning us about well we uh the thing about dystopian futures is that uh, you never know they're coming. So yeah. we'll see about that. It'll yeah, be fun. It's interesting. So Imagine Dragons are doing a live VR concert June 15th, 2021. Uh, not, Oculus is not the only one doing 
VR concerts, there's something called Melody VR. And they've built a library of live concerts. How many? Ask me how many. Song, how many? 850 artists have submitted live concerts to Melody VR. Mm. Now, those artists include um, Kelly Clarkson, Wiz Khalifa, and Louis Capaldi, just to mention a few. Yeah, love them all. Yeah. Um, it's established by uh, one of the founders. His name Steve Hancock. I could not find the other one for mm-hmm. the life of me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, uh, it's basically a app that you can download for your Oculus. Uh, and you can pay $2 per song or $10 per full concert. Ooh. As of February 27th, 2020, they were set to release a monthly subscription plan where consumers can get unlimited VR, live VR concerts. Really? What do you think about that? I That's incredibly in- interesting because at a price like that and you already have the Oculus, mm-hmm. that's a very small price to pay to see your favorite artist perform. Yeah. And that's... I'd pay money for that. I'd, yeah. I'd want to go see... Wiz Khalifa or Louis Capaldi just rap or sing in front of me. But yet again, there's still this level of access that still not that many people have VR as we think. But yeah. soon we're getting there. It's it's yeah. a great idea for sure. Yeah, uh, I'd love to try it before like making any uh, opinions on it. Just because, like I said earlier, I, I enjoy the live experience of being in the concert. Yeah. Oh, and I find that so hard to replicate. Hmm. But if we were to go down this very <laughs> nihilistic route that we're playing around with here, this might be the way to go to concerts in the future. And so how do you think that they would optimize this stuff? Like, how can they make the user experience so much better for someone who maybe can't go to a live concert or doesn't want to for different reasons? Um, so an example that I can use that can be applied to this is I went to this I, if I recall, 5D ride where they would even have smell put into the ride so you really? could smell what's going on. So, like, they just have a screen on TV, you'd sit in your seat, and it'd just be this whole experience with your seat moving, all of this, and they'd spray stuff out that smells like the senior in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, technology is always advancing, it's always evolving, it's always changing. So, hopefully, in the future, they could maybe add more senses to the VR mm-hmm. rather than just sight. Mm-hmm. they could make it more interactive. But that's still in the far future. And yeah. if they do that for concerts, then that definitely make it, it it'd make the concert yeah, it so much better. everything go up. Yeah. It makes everything better. It's interesting. Like, I went to uh, Legoland in Denmark mm-hmm. when I lived in Norway back home. And they also had, like, this 5D. I think it was a 5D experience, too. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, stuff shooting out of the seat in <laughs> front of you, like water and stuff. Yeah. And I remember watching it, and I was like, "What is this?" Like, yeah. it's kind of it kind of catches you off guard. I I don't know if I want to go that far as to five D, but definitely like, what would four D look like then? It's like, yeah, that, huh? That is true. Yeah, like, what's the cape? What's the limitation on VR and like the VR experience going forward? Like, where do we draw the line? <laughs> like, what's good and what's bad? That is, that's a really interesting topic because yeah. you know there is no line that has been drawn yet. Yeah. And I think there's no right answer, but the line will definitely be discovered once mm-hmm. it, something bad happens with VR. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, Marshmallow did the Fortnite performance, and then Melody VR did uh, has this library of mm-hmm. live concerts. Uh, Oculus Venues is uh, something else uh, that also does VR concerts. 
and they streamed the Billie Eilish Live in Madrid in 2019. Mm-hmm. I am yet to watch this because I don't have a VR system. <laughs> but if anyone does, please let me uh, let me know what that's like. Um, and you were talking about sports earlier. Yeah. Um, so there's this app on the Oculus App Store that I saw. It's called Next VR. The the app is free, but I couldn't find the exact prices on like NBA courtside seats mm-hmm. or you could watch this you could watch a boxing ring fight in the ring they said in the ring yeah like you would get you would be in the ring while they're fighting what like like a ref cam <laughs> yeah like a ref like a ref cam basically yeah okay so, that's interesting i mean if you want to see two guys fighting right in front of you i yeah. guess if that's your cup of tea i mean if you're julius caesar or hero <laughs> or something i <Yeah>. guess <laughs> that's uh, cuz yeah okay imagine this let's play around with this idea yeah I want, I'm buying a VR pay-per-view mm-hmm. to UFC. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, great price, great tickets. Mm-hmm. This is going to be good. Like VR, be ringside. Yeah. Uh, then it turns out the price I paid correlates to real-life tickets, and suddenly I'm in the nosebleeds at home with a VR headset on. <sighs> and you get scammed <laughs> through VR. Yeah, right? And I was like, I might as well watch this on TV. Yeah. You think the price tag of a VR system and the, uh, to be able to experience stuff like Next VR or Melody VR or mm-hmm. anything VR, it's. Do you think it's too pricey right now? Do you think that people are not investing enough into it, and so has it plateaued to some degree? I think right now it has plateaued to some degree because it's it's still not main mainstream, mm-hmm. right? We're starting to see some pop up, mm-hmm. and I think it'll slow down and it'll plateau plateau, mm-hmm. but maybe if they break into the mainstream and you can see VR in many households around America, then I would hope the prices would start to drop and become more accessible to more people and more people become aware about the capabilities of VR and all Mm -hmm. the great things that come with it. But right now, I think we're still looking at it being decently expensive. Okay, and then bringing this then back to what I was uh, saying about the the (laughs) unfortunate seating of of (laughs) VR seating. Do you think that because people are doing so much gimmicky stuff with VR, it's hard to take it seriously once it's offered. Because it's like, yeah, cool, I could watch a boxing fight or any type of fight mm-hmm. from inside the ring. That's cool. But it's not that level of realism that I want. Mm-hmm. So then the question is, okay, how real do you want it? Like, what what's the, the compromise here? Do I want to r- sit ringside? Like, do I want to be in the spot where I look up at the fight or I'm looking... Like, in, I'm in the pit of mm-hmm. the concert looking up. Or do I want that, like, TV experience? What do you think? I think, first and foremost, it's really up to the person. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, having VR, I think you just got to maximize the most you can do with it if you have a VR. Like, mm-hmm. if you can get that in-the-ring fight, get it. If yeah. you can sit courtside in the NBA... Mm-hmm. pay for it, sit courtside, and watch the Timberwolves play somebody or something. Yeah. yeah. But there is off... You're right. There is that kind of disconnect, though. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know Because you that. want realism. Yeah. But you want the most bang for your buck. But at some point, you got to compromise. Like, okay, if it's a TV-style experience, why mm-hmm. didn't I just watch it on TV and save the $300 for the Oculus? You yeah. Yeah. Or is that experience in the Oculus so good that it's justifiable to buy the system mm-hmm. and the courtside tickets? 
Yeah. See, that's where we got to, like, I think that's where the discussion is at. Like, what am I getting out of my money? What's mm-hmm. the value here? Yeah, that's uh, from my use of the VR. If I ever had the money laying around, I would definitely get one. Because mm-hmm. I just think there's so many great things you could do with it. Yeah, absolutely. And they have very good back end for developers. Mm-hmm. So people are constantly working on it. And I just think that's enough for me. But for example, if it's like you don't have that much money and but you want to get a VR, then you have to weigh a lot of different things out. Mm-hmm. But for now, I think it's definitely a good buy. Yeah, I think it might still be a niche market yeah, to some degree. For sure. But I also think that it's it's worth it if you're into it. Mm-hmm. Well, which is relevant for or like for anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one place that I th- would like to see VR really take off, and I think this would be insanely cool, is if they started working closer with theater productions. Oh, yeah. Because now we're talking about, uh, w- if you bring it back to, you know, people with maybe autoimmune diseases or, like, diseases in general, mm-hmm. someone who needs to limit their presence in the r- real world, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, theater is one of those performance arts that I really, really wish I was more into. Yeah. I wish I could see more shows, and then, unfortunately, you know, COVID hit, and now you can't really do anything. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, if VR can find a way to get people, more people into watching these live performance arts, I think that'd be just good for everyone in general. Yeah. And with that said, Facebook and Google, now take those two companies as you want. Some see them as the epitome of evil, and some <laughs> people see them as like tech gods, right? Yeah. Um, Regardless, they're investing money into VR development. And that's a good thing. Yeah. That's very good. That keep, helps bring everything up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're pumping money into Oculus. They're experimenting with virtual theater performances. And Punch Drunk, which is a production company, yeah. and Samsung have cooperated to create something called Believe Your Eyes. With a capital V and R in there. So, you know, it's well, a yeah. <laughs> real neat yeah. uh, wording there. <laughs> Punch Drunk. Uh and apparently what's going on here is that you get uh, guided into this room. Mm-hmm. There's two chairs in the room, one for you and then one that's empty. Yeah. So they tell you to sit down, look around, then you put the glasses on. Excuse me. And what they report is that they put them on and suddenly they see all the characters. Whoa. Now, hmm. what's cool about this, this is not recording. This is live tracking. So there's actors who live... They have motion capture suits on, and they wow. perform live in front of you, but from another part of the studio. Hmm. That's so cool. What that means is that you can, through VR, get a almost personalized experience in the sense that every performance you see is a little bit more unique than the last one because it's live. Yeah. So now we're talking about not just a theater production, but you're talking about digitalizing a theater production. You're talking about motion graphics. You're mm-hmm. involving a lot of things. You're pushing the boundaries of what theater experiences can be like yeah and so would you pay the money to go and see something like this oh i would definitely pay the money to see something Mm -hmm. like this i've always loved the theater i've loved musicals i love plays i've and movies of course Mm -hmm. and if i could see a personalized theater production meant for me and i just pay sit down in a room put on these goggles for sure that would be wonderful wasn't personalized just like i think just the idea that they're Doing this live with motion capture suits is mm-hmm. so cool. <laughs> that is cool. And it's yeah. It's definitely more prominent now, especially with COVID nineteen mm-hmm. and distancing. Yeah. And I think that's just a wonderful idea. Yeah. 
and it's i really want to see what the outcome after covid will be like yeah we're probably gonna, still going to be distancing for mm-hmm. a while i'm definitely going to be wearing masks because i think it's a good idea yeah could not believe all these people was breathing on me for this long <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and so i think if people were to invest more money into vr and into all these different mediums like museums theaters concerts like encouraging to put money into it mm-hmm. we can really like do something here and i think uh it's possible now because we're in this change like period of change where we are seeing more people like accepting masks and mm-hmm. accepting social distancing because it's you know the new normal quote unquote yeah so vr it's 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 interesting it's cool and it's doing a lot of um weird interesting stuff yeah but there's downsides to vr oh yeah of course there's yeah. there's downsides with everything one of the first things that comes to mind is like addiction to this virtual reality world you're in because it's such a disconnect to reality mm-hmm. that you can get addicted to that you can get addicted to this you know second life sort of character that you have that's mm-hmm. not you in reality but it's you in vr so there's definitely that, and there's still the price tag. Like, they're varying prices, but yeah. expensive. Yeah, so I think the price tag is the one big caveat here, where it's such a niche thing, and it's expensive, first mm-hmm. and foremost. Like, you're going to drop, what, $300 on a system that yeah. you might use a couple times because, you know, you don't really see the uses for, mm-hmm. usage for it. It's tough, and so... That also brings up the question, is it because the tech's not there? Is it because, again, like these different mediums don't have individual investors pushing mm-hmm. the boundaries of their medium, like theater is starting to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so is this just a tough catch-22? Is the lack <laughs> of, is the tech not on consumer level? Because there's a lack of consumers. <laughs> <laughs> Great use of catch-22. Yeah. So what do you think? Do we need to... As a whole, invest more into VR? Do we need to encourage individual mediums to push VR? Because, I mean, VR cinema, that's the biggest possibility we have right now. It's the easiest thing we could do. The best and simplest answer I can give you is yes. Yeah. It just, all these things need to be pushed. Mm-hmm. More people need to, need to invest. More things, more mediums need to be brought up. Mm-hmm. But yet again, it's still this niche market. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, its main problem so far. Yeah, it's that's what's holding it back, yet keeping it alive. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of a paradox. Yeah, I see that. Just a, a random thought from the top of my head just now. Mm-hmm. Are you a liter literature type of person? Do you read books? Do you are uh, you a reader? Oh uh, yeah, there's I've read a lot of books. There's mm-hmm. books I like. Right. See, I've always found it tough to read. Not until like later, you know, at older age, did mm-hmm. I start to read more books. Yeah. And it'd be cool, like, what if we could use VR as a way to access more literature? Like, imagine, you know how a Kindle looks? Mm-hmm. What if you put on a pair of VR goggles, you boot up your book, and it looks like a Kindle type thing. And then maybe there's a narrator that you can turn on. Mm-hmm. And then as you progress through the page, little, like, visuals start to pop up. Like, and you're actually seeing the pages that you're reading. That, yeah. I mean, I think for a kid, that would be just dandy. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, and like these pictures, these images that come up are in relation to the book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it would make the book so much more interactive. Yeah, it destroy the uses for those three D pop up books. Yep, 
And we save some trees while <laughs> yeah, we're at it. Yeah, save some trees while we're at it. Yeah. So that would definitely be cool, and especially the environmental side, which you just mentioned. Yeah. That, huh. I think it could be fun to look at, at least experiment with. Yeah. Oh, back to the downsides of VR. Imagine if you are doing a book thing and you've <laughs> blasted through 200 pages. You're going to be kind of tired after. Yeah, that's that's definitely one thing I think needs to be f- like worked with. Mm-hmm. And I there's plenty of people in the neuroscience f- field, all of that, that would probably work towards that. But this VR fatigue is, Yeah. I think it'll hold it back for a while. Yeah. And I think the, the two big ca- caveats with the price tag and the VR fatigue is what's holding a lot of people back. Because yeah. consider if you're watching a football game, like you're going to have that thing on for three, four hours. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be beat after. Like, pray to God you don't have something to do because mm-hmm. you're going to be on the couch. Yeah. Knocked out. <laughs> the, if they could somehow just make it easier on the brain, mm. then I that would be great. It'd be great yeah. for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So VR, what do you think? Any final thoughts? It's, I think it's it's gonna stick around here, and mm. I think it's gonna be very big in the upcoming future. Yeah, I think it will at some point be picked up again. Mm. I think it's gonna lie dormant for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if we keep on uh, on the path we're at right now with COVID and the environment, and you know people trying to be more distant, maybe companies like oculus and facebook and google and htc and samsung and all these major tech companies will start investigating this more like start playing around with it a little bit more yeah i'd hope so i'd hope so yeah and with that said we're gonna move on to the latest news and such and i'm gonna start us off because i just heard this track on monday and it's been out for 20 days now so we're kind of behind but mm-hmm. regardless Freddie Gibbs released a new single called Gang Signs on Spotify with Schoolboy Q, and it is fantastic. It is a hard track. Did you listen to Alfredo? I did listen to Alfredo. I loved it. Yeah, I liked it too. He had some good good tracks on there. Yeah, it was such a breath of fresh air from Mm -hmm. typical rap music, and not putting typical rap music down. I mean, that's great, but this new type of style, this new type of beats Mm -hmm. with The Alchemist, of course. Oh, so So good. good. So good. Oh, man. Like anything it did for Action Bronson, just pure gold. Yep. <laughs> very true. Very yeah. true. So definitely recommend checking that one out. Yeah. Make sure to check it out. Yeah. And uh, other latest news, Daft Punk splitting. Breaking oh, my heart. Yeah. So sad. After over three decades of music. Mm. The guys really were a part of pioneering electronic music. The, you know that these guys were originally uh, like punk rockers? I didn't know that. Yeah, and then they, uh, I watched a documentary a long time ago, and they were really into punk rock, and then they figured, let's start spinning some records. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And you know how they got that, like, uh, staticky, techy sound? Huh. Literally just a, a aux or a jack cable in the mm-hmm. back of a mixer. Uh-huh. I wasn't all the way in, so they got that. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. No, that's, that's how it happened. <laughs> that's cool. Combine I'm... that with some scratching of vinyl. There you go. That's your new... <laughs> Funk, tech, uh, disco, dubstep, electronic music world. Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I was looking at YouTube, and I just wanted to see if they had any music videos. And mm. I had saw that they had dropped an official video about their split. Oh, really? Yeah, it was so cool. No way. If you, uh, if you get a chance to watch it, definitely watch right, it. hold on. I'm going to go to YouTube right now and see what this is all about. It's... I'm not going to watch it, but I'm going to check it out. <laughs> all I got to say is... One of them explodes into a million pieces, and it's the coolest edit I've ever seen. <laughs> the epilogue. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. they've been planning this for a while, though. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's great. You know, I keep think I keep thinking about like they've been uh, almost on hiatus. They are not official hiatus, yeah. but like they've been taking a break from being on the scene for a while. But they're lifelong musicians. There's not gonna. There's no way they're stopping oh. making music. Of course not. Which is, brings me to think like, why break up? Just, <laughs> just yeah. don't make music as Daft Punk, but still make music. Like <laughs> I know. I wish because. I don't know, man. They're, <laughs> what I think their last album was Random Access Memories, yeah. right? And such a great album. It well, won with Nile Rodgers and yeah. Uh, Pharrell. Yeah. There's so many great yeah. songs on there. My f- personal favorite, Instant Crush, with um, who do I th- who's featuring on that? I think Julian Casablancas yep. of The Strokes. Yep. Great song. But you're right. I wish they would just stay together, yeah. m- drop something else, and just completely top Random Access yeah. Memories. <laughs> I wish they would. Yeah. Just like... It doesn't need to be an album, but drop a single out yeah. now and then. Like, if you guys feel like it, then release <laughs> it because people love it regardless. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Daft Punk leaving a legacy that is just so grand in scale, mm-hmm. uh, paving the way for artists like Dead Mouse oh, and yeah. Skrillex and like mm. all those major major heavy hitters yeah. in the scene. Um, so very sad, but also they've they've done a good job. Yeah, yeah been good ambassadors for electronic dance music. Yeah, and they split, and uh, another big news happened. <laughs> yeah, staying on the rap game here, Bobby Schmurda got released from prison after Woo! accepting a seven-year plea deal. So uh, Schmurda was originally set to serve five years for, uh, I believe it was uh, firearms charges. Mm, yeah. And then his friend, Roddy Rubble, which you can see in uh, a couple of the music videos that they released, uh, got 12 years. But uh, Shmurda ag- agreed to the plea where they both served seven, and now they're out. Mm-hmm. So the whole rap scene is just waiting. What is Shmurda going to do next? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering, because I saw, I saw this post of him, and the first thing that he did when he got out of prison was hang out with Quavo. Yeah. So I definitely hope to see something with him and the Migos. That mm-hmm. would be cool. That would be sick. Anything like that would be cool. Yeah. You want to take us to the next one? Yes. Uh, so there's this movie called Minari by A24 Films that's going to be coming, or it's already out in theaters now, mm-hmm. and it's coming to streaming platforms on the 26th. Mm-hmm. Some of the big, or the biggest name there is Steven Yoon. You yep. may know him from The Walking Dead, yep. many other great things, Burning, which is a good Korean film. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a. It's an immigration story. Yeah. That's basically what it is. It's about the cultural disconnect that you get with immigration mm-hmm. and the cultural reconnection you can get yeah. with it. And there's a lot of things there. I, I highly recommend you watch it. It's a mm-hmm. it's a personal story that I could relate to. Yeah. And yeah. everybody could relate to. I think so, too. Uh, and we talked we talked briefly before recording, like, uh, for context, we're both uh, have Thai relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is from Thailand, so I have family in Thailand, and I... Do you consider my half, myself half Norwegian, half Thai? And so this uh, cultural disconnect that's being portrayed in Minari is very much like it, it hits home. Yeah, it it's it's really relatable because it's something that a lot of people experience. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful that they've used the medium of film to yeah. talk about this, to address this. Yeah, and just by looking at the trailer, it looks like it's a very, very nice looking film. Like the, the color palette of the film looks yeah. super nice. The cinematography looks great. Yeah. I will... Minari and then Minamoto, which I talked about last episode uh, with Johnny Depp, 
those two films are definitely coming on my uh, must-watch list. Yeah, for sure. And if you still don't want to watch Minari, their film studio, A24, has released oh, so yeah. many good so movies. So much good stuff. You know, like Moonlight, mm. Uncut Gems, great movie. And like Midsommar. Oh, yeah. So Is that uh, Jordan Peele? Midsommar is the... Um, it's the hereditary equivalent. So yeah, Ad- yeah. I think it's Audrey Aster or something. Oh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's written by Jordan Peele. Really? I didn't know that. Doing some uh, mid-show fact-checking here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never mind. He just reviewed it. Hmm. Uh, Same thing. So, but regardless, yeah. Minari, check that one out. 824 yeah. Films, if you're listening. Give me a chance. Like, I'm trying to make it in this business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, there's there. What's this next one, man? Oh, so, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard of this, but Kim and Kanye's divorce. Mm. Sad for Kanye, sad for Kim. Two celebrities. I mean, sometimes I feel bad that we get this deep personal look into their lives. <laughs> right. But, and I feel bad that, you know, it's, I'm sure it's tough going through a divorce, splitting, especially in the eyes of the public. But on a good note, I hope Kanye maybe drops another album, <laughs> maybe as groundbreaking as 808s and Heartbreak was last time he was heartbroken. So we'll see about yeah. that. But He should do another graduation type uh, album, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, going into the world of books, something that I rarely do on the show, but I'm going to try and be better at it. I've uh, looked at this one book called Race to the Finish Line, and it's by a group of Canadian... Uh, it's a Canadian author, and what's very interesting, it's not necessarily just the book, which I'm not taking away from the book, but the way the book is being published is hmm. what I find interesting. So, Race to the Finish Line is written by uh, Aisha Yusuf, and it's a story about a black Muslim woman trying to make her way in the contemporary world, uh, which we live in. Uh, and the book is published, uh, self-published, because all the uh, publishing houses that she went to said, no, we don't want to. Really? We don't want to do that. Oh. Which is uh, not surprising uh, looking <laughs> at the history of the corporate world. After many rejections, Yusuf and her sisters established uh, Abayo House and decided uh, that they would publish it, it themselves. What a great story. The fact that they have this great story about publishing a book mm-hmm. just says that the story in the book will be even better. Yeah, exactly. And it's <laughs> to me, that's just it's such a punk rock way of doing it. Yeah. It's just like, you know what? I don't care about the establishment. Let's just put it out there. True. And it, uh, it it's available on March 12th. So I'm going to try and get a hold of the book and uh, try and get through it before the semester is over and uh, give a comprehensive feedback or yeah. a review on it. That'd be great. Make sure to read it, guys. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of good latest news, a lot of good VR info. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts, Logan? Any final thoughts? You know, here's what I'll say. I think if you have the opportunity to ever try VR, go for it. It'll it'll really change your perspective on a lot of things, mm-hmm. as it has for both Song and I. Mm-hmm. So just make sure to try it. Put yourself out there. Experience this new way that life could be in the future. Mm-hmm. So try yeah, VR. Absolutely. I will end this episode by saying uh, let's release a 5D VR version of Inception. Yes. And then uh, have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I believe Maddie and a guest host will be on the next episode. Uh, But don't quote me on that. Hmm. But until next time, I'm Song. I'm Logan. Thank you for listening to the medium. Bye.